You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Repack. I'm Justin Mosqueda for Acme Packing Company. I'm here with Evan Tex Western. Say what's up to people, Tex. What's up, people? Packers win. It's a good day. 14-12. 14-12. I ran to the <laughs> CVS after the game, got yelled at by two different groups of Packers fans coming nice. out of bars because I was wearing a <laughs> Packers shirt. Both of them said a variation of like, we didn't deserve that, but like in a really excited, <laughs> drunk fashion. They were definitely running to the CVS to get like, Pedialyte or something. Those boys. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I needed a little of that. Uh, I needed a little of that today. Though, yeah, I needed a little of that today after uh, going to the the abysmal Wisconsin Ohio State game yesterday. So, uh, but yeah, this much better. At least it wasn't a completely wasteful football weekend. Yeah, college football was good yesterday. If if you say so, I don't want to dabble too much into it. I I saw the Wisconsin (laughs) score at the half, and I was like, oh, that's tough for text i had to go to a bar yesterday to watch usc oregon state two undefeated pac-12 teams really you can't you, uh, no one no one can get pac-12 network i had to go oh to a my bar. gosh i have youtube tv <laughs> it goes through my ps5 i can't i literally cannot have access to the pac-12 network oh my god fire larry scott again hire him so you can fire him again green bay packers <laughs> won 14 to 12 game almost went into overtime uh, packers were god. up 14 to 3 at the half I had basically done a celebration of, of winning this game already. You you almost cursed us, man, in this in the APC Slack when it went 14 to 3. You're like, that's it, we're winning this game. This is great. And then that third drive came and they're driving down the field and Aaron Jones fumbles and everything goes to well, shit. Well, that's that's the worst part. It wasn't after 14 to 3. <laughs> oh, that's it was right. During that drive, they were it was during the, the middle of that drive. Yeah, they yeah. get in the red zone and I'm like, they're gonna score again. They're up two at least. <laughs> two full touchdowns if not three scores like we're gonna win this ball game and then aaron jones coughs off the ball at the one yard line everyone starts pointing fingers not gonna say anyone tyler brooke but uh <laughs> yeah no um second half of the game you know tampa bay scores nine unanswered points in the second half packers don't score a single point comes down to a two-point conversion devondre campbell tips the ball um after the game aaron Rodgers says that he caught something on the scoreboard the home scoreboard in tampa uh, showing something in between when Tampa Bay got a delay of game and when they actually like started to to get up to the to uh to to uh, snap the ball from the two from the what is it seven yard from line the seven yeah from the seven yard line I have no idea what the heck he could be talking about Lafleur even like smiled and was like yeah I'm not going to talk about that but yeah we definitely had a conversation in between plays I don't know what you could see on the scoreboard that would show you something. That would tip Tampa's hand unless they like did a zoomed up shot of like Tom Brady pointing to like one of the play calls play on shoot. his wrist. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but I don't think that they would have done that. Even a whole like especially no, the home, like, yeah, the home uh, camera operators, like, no, that that's that's bizarre, but I can't think of anything else that it could have possibly been that would have been something like meaningful enough that that he would run down there and try to 
try to point it out to Lafleur. It's just it's bizarre. Yeah. So I I, I got to feel like we'll be talking about this one for a little while, and um, you know, hopefully, eventually, maybe at the end of the season or something, we'll find out what happened there. Does this feel like a good win to you? I, this doesn't feel like this is a grimy game. I understand the Packers yeah. won. It's amazing for them moving forward, right? They're tied at the top of the NFC North. Um, three teams at the NFC North are, are sitting at two and one right now. The only team that isn't is the Detroit Lions. Um, obviously, having the tiebreaker over Tampa, that's going to be great moving forward because I think Tampa is, when they're healthy, probably the most talented team in the NFC. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe you make a case for the Eagles. I don't really think of anything out, out West at this point, but yeah. I mean, having that tiebreaker probably will come in handy at some point. Yeah, definitely. But like the like you said, this it didn't feel like a uh an exciting, thrilling win, right? It's it's one of those where you're you're hanging on for dear life. And I I I was in a way it reminds me a little bit of both games against the 49ers last year. You know, the situationally, it's you know, week three on the road after getting blown out in week one and beating an overmatched division opponent at home in prime time in week two. You go on the road to a place that has not been kind to you, and you get a really tough, close, hard-fought win against an NFC team um, that has had your number a little bit. But the way it, it happened felt a lot more like the playoff game against San Francisco last year with you know, the offense clicking early, then an ill-timed fumble, and the offense just can't do anything the whole rest of the game. And the difference this time was that the Packers' special teams didn't piss it away. Packers special teams were actually pretty damn good for the most part today when, you know, Amari Rogers wasn't just having a cat scrambling on the keyboard in his brain, but uh, otherwise, um, yeah, the, the, it, it just was one of those ugly, ugly um, wins that it was, I mean, it's gotta be a nice boost for this defense to, to play the way they did in pretty much that entire second half until the last drive of the game. But yeah, yeah, it just it, it doesn't feel as satisfying as I feel like a win over Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay should feel. Yeah. If you if you would have told me after week one they'd be sitting at two and one, you know, I'd be, you know, sign me up for it automatically. Ecstatic. Right? Yep. Yeah. But a couple tough, tough situations, you know, occurred in this game. I th- I thought so running game never really got going. I mean, they they tried yeah. to run. Got to give them credit for that. They try to run. And even so they had 25 passes, uh, t- t- 35 pass attempts. A lot of those pass attempts were also off of RPOs, right? Um, so they were basically, you know, calling run plays in that situation, giving Aaron Rodgers an out there. I thought Tampa had a really good game plan to handle the RPOs. I know, I know there were a yeah. couple of them, like the, uh, well, obviously there was the touchdown. And then um, there was kind of that uh, big gain for Randall Cobb, right? Um, but a lot of times, I mean, the Packers aren't doing a lot of things that they used to do, um, because they've moved into kind of a gun run team instead of an under center run team. So like when they were an under center run team last year, you have to be able to, on some of these zone plays, you have to account for the end man on the line of scrimmage, not on the front side, but on the backside. Right. Cause that guy, if you don't block him, he's just going to chase down the play and, there are more gaps than you have linemen, right? If you have five, if you have five guys on the line of scrimmage, there's six gaps. If you add a tight end, there's seven gaps. So like, you're never going to like have that stuff add up. So what the Packers used to do last year was, you know, they would either uh, 
lock it on the back side and have like the left tackle basically like or bet doesn't necessarily have to be the, the left tackle but the backside tackle would just um basically like pass set against the end man on the line of scrimmage they're reading the outside linebacker um to, to decide the rpos and stuff or they would have you know an off tight end like josiah deguara come and slice across the formation kick a guy out now they're doing all these rpos where they're reading like true pre-snap numbers so they're just counting numbers on the outside on the wide receivers they don't have anyone to handle that guy on the backside. so like technically on these rpos it's almost like a triple option rogers has the option to hand it off he has an option to pull it or he has the option to throw it right rogers is just not pulling it and they're basically yeah. giving the reads of hey pull it pull it pull it pull it pull it over and over again and that's why you're seeing some of these runs get chased down from the back and you're like wait should he have thrown it and it's like no they have the numbers covering the throw he needs to pull it in that situation but he's a 38 year old quarterback so like of course you're yeah. not gonna like pull it 10 times a game so it's gonna be interesting tr- interesting to see how they kind of evolve and tampa got him a couple times too tampa was mm-hmm. matching up in man a couple times and green bay was getting into nub sets which is when you divorce the wide receivers and the tight ends left to right so you have three wide receivers on one side just the tight end on the other side you have the option of okay my cornerback is setting the edge on the tight end side or he's going to play slot receiver or slot slot corner over, you know, the trips side of the formation. Right. And green Bay was getting them into situations like that, where it was like, you can pull Royce Newman and he has a one-on-one block with the safety. And that's the only thing stopping Aaron Jones from busting a touchdown on some of these pin and pull plays. And they just weren't able to get it done. Carl Nassib did a pretty good job of setting the edge. Um, he, he made a difference in the ground game today. I wasn't expecting yeah. that necessarily. Cause I know he was on the street earlier this year right like mm-hmm. using the same yeah. this offseason so they had a good game plan i think for the ground game um obviously that turned into aaron Rodgers throwing a ton of rpos it wasn't sexy football feels gross but like a win is a win is a win and we got what three easy games before buffalo now uh three or four yeah i think um yeah definitely definitely a couple of winnable winnable games here and you know who knows buffalo lost today in miami so um Josh Allen think, set the record for pass attempts or dropbacks in the game. Oh my gosh. Crazy. How did Miami win that game? I, I don't know. They they showed the stats on uh, the Sunday night pregame show and like Buffalo had like 40 minutes of time of possession. They had like some, some hideous amount of uh, advantage in terms of like offensive s- stats, yards and first downs and stuff. But um, just, just a, a crazy, crazy mess of a game. The Dolphins are but, the like horseshoe in the butt this yeah. year. It's like how how the heck is this keep happening? Yeah, it's it's nuts. But yeah, like you said, it's take take this win. Um I'll 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 be more than happy to grab it any way we can against uh against Tampa. Um just like last year was ecstatic to win any possible way against San Francisco uh out there in week three. So take it, move on from it. Hopefully, um you know, learn a little bit from it. Hopefully they'll figure out a way to um, either, either Roger starts keeping some of those, uh, those option plays a little bit to actually make defenses start respecting it, or else we're going to see a lot of the same thing, I think from, from defenses um, just not respecting his, um, you know, his part of that option. And that's going to, I think cause a lot of problems and, and Lafleur is going to have to figure out a way to scheme around that. It's weird because Obviously, the guy that they want to run block, right, is Mercedes Lewis, who's yep. does it with his hand in the dirt. But if you watch 
like all this stuff is trickling up from college football, right? If if you watch these high end college football teams like Alabama and Ohio State and stuff like that, um, you got to see them live this weekend. Like they're not using inline tight ends when they're doing this RPO stuff. They use an off ball guy because that guy then can he can either block play side if you're if you want the quarterback to read right. Or he can slice across the formation and block the end man on the line of scrimmage if you want to read the linebacker instead of the down lineman, right? So you sometimes you have to change those keys and stuff if a team is going to play you like Tampa. So I don't, I don't, I mean, taking Lewis off the field doesn't sound sexy, but like maybe move him off the ball. Like you got to figure out something because it can't just keep being this over and over. They have a beat on you. Right. Now. They have a yep. beat on you. Exactly. Um, Romeo Dobbs. Has more yards than Devontae Adams over the last two weeks. Let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, let's. Big, uh, nice breakout for for Dubs. Eight catches today. I think I saw that that was one off the Packers rookie record. Yeah. Um, I don't remember who, who had that. But, um, yeah, just a really good performance from him. Um, that first one on that first drive, nice 20-yarder, and then obviously finishing it off with a touchdown uh, was was pretty exciting. And, and it's nice to see uh, him backing up all the the hype that you know that we put on him even since draft day, right? That we were all excited about him in the fourth round, um, and yeah, they've they've definitely got something with this guy. He's he's fun to watch. Eight catches, first time for a Packers wide receiver since 2018 for a guy not named Devonte Adams. <laughs> no way. Yeah, <laughs> they told that to Rogers, and he was like, "Wow." I mean, that's. That's crazy. And he cut and he, he cut all eight of his targets too. Didn't have a, a Did single he? incompletion thrown his way either, which is pretty impressive. So Sammy Watkins is out. He's on IR. I, I think it's worth noting he was at the game. Um yeah, he was on the sidelines. Yeah, he was at the on the sidelines. And I don't know how many, you know, there's I'm certain young Packers fans listening to this who probably don't remember how the Super Bowl went back in 2010, but like Nick Barnett and Jermichael Finley didn't stick around in season. And that became a big deal when uh, Super Bowl photos came around. That's the reason why I remember is because we had that yeah. dumb controversy then. Um, so I don't, I mean, if he's hanging around the facility, like, is there a chance he comes back this year? Like, is I, I'm assuming hamstring. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my thought is that they're, they're thinking that this is a, you know, a, a, a maybe a four to six week thing and maybe they can get him back mid season. That's the only thing that makes, would make sense to me. Yeah. Because I don't think they were pressed to elevate Patrick Taylor to the active roster either. And that was the right. corresponding roster move that they made when they put Sammy Watkins on IR. They just didn't list him as designated to return. So, And obviously they can change that moving forward. It's just something worth uh, keeping an eye on because I know, oh my goodness, the commenters on the Sammy Watkins IR post. <laughs> It was oh, like man. they they got two games, two more games out of him than I thought they would, and stuff like that. It's like, <laughs> guys, he had like a hundred yards last week. Like, yeah, he's not doing he's, enough. He's got the he's got the biggest offensive play of the year so far, still through three through three weeks. Um, he's he's still got something to give. So let's let's not let's not close the book on him just yet. Christian Watson is out uh, with a hamstring injury. That was felt like it was a pretty big deal because he was not only their deep speed, but all the, also outside of Aaron Jones, kind of their lateral speed, right? Yep. Um, you even saw, like, in-game, again, they, they were running RPOs to, like, A.J. Dillon where he would, you know, run a bubble out of the backfield and stuff like that and just never really could get it going out on mm-hmm. the perimeter on some of those screens. I think that's why they started doing 
downfield RPOs instead of uh, just running screens and stuff. Yeah. It'll I be interesting loved... to see because, I mean, yeah. they they need bodies. They yep. need bodies at receiver. I mean, they signed Travis Fulgham back to the practice squad because they didn't have enough guys to run practice with. Yeah, and I, I, I think Watson – would have been a great candidate to to stretch, you know, some of those those jet sweeps, the the little pop passes um, that they've been using using him on the first two weeks. Um, I think that would have been extremely useful in this one. Although they didn't really do that with Romeo Dobbs at all in this game, and they have um, they've given him one or two of those in the first mm-hmm. couple of weeks too. So um, I don't know, maybe that just wasn't in the game plan. But I think that would have been an area where you could have at least tried to to stretch them laterally a little bit. Yeah, um, Jaya Alexander left. Um, they didn't really give an update about him other than they said it was a groin injury. Um, obviously Russell Douglas came off of, or moved outside from nickel to outside corner, which is what he played last year. Right. And he did really well out there last year. Keyshawn Nixon stepped up to play the slot. He was brought in, you know, as a Passaccia guy. Um, he had experience with him with the Raiders on special teams and did really well in the preseason. I thought, um, you know, it was really a battle between, him, Shamar John Charles, and Rico Gafford, and uh, what's his name? The, uh, Tavarius, whatever. I forget what the other corner's name. He was making There's, uh, at the end. Keandre Thomas was in there. Keandre Thomas, yeah. that's what it was. Um, they were all pushing for uh, basically two roster spots. So it was really competitive out there. Um, he got the nod, played well. I thought he played yeah. really well. And even as a, as a gunner and a vice guy, you know, he downed a ball at the one yard line, like on, on punt, like. Just a good football player, a solid guy that you want on your team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, punched out the fumble, the first fumble that the Packers forced in that game. Mm -hmm. So, uh, or second one rather, um, because Quay, I think, had the first one. But uh, yeah, no, great. Seems like a great depth guy that you can you can count on in a pinch. Um, I think we all kind of thought that Jean Charles was going to be the the backup slot guy for this season, Um, at least, especially coming into the the season because that's basically where they used him almost exclusively last year so um no they 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 clearly really like what they what nixon gives them in the slot and the, i thought this was a really really good performance for him he's again stepping up in a game that they really needed him i thought it was kind of interesting like there was at one point in the game i think there were a couple penalties and there was like a third and 30 they didn't even play dime like they just stuck in nickel out there like they played, yeah they played penny and it was like, okay, you're just not going to be using time this year. I think they played one snap of time all season in yeah. three games. It was in the first game. And that's when Keyshawn Nixon came in and ended up getting hurt, actually, uh, the yeah. first time around. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how this defense shapes up. They're doing a bunch of funky things on the front end, too, the pressure packages now. Josh mm-hmm. Myers, the center left. Um, he was replaced by Jake Hansen. Do we? I don't think we have an update on that one. I, either. I don't have think not seen has. anything yet Yeah, as of as of this point. Hopefully, you know, I mean, do we want Hanson starting at center? That's probably his best position, honestly, because he doesn't have to yeah. you know, block guys by himself. He's always going to be the help guy as a center for the most part, unless he's down blocking and then he just doesn't have to get beat across his face. Um, but, you know, Zach Tom played there in the past. You know, it'd be interesting mm-hmm. to see if he can get some work there. It seemed like Myers, too, was just cramps. So I don't I don't think it would be a big deal. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking as well. Um, we'll see what uh, we'll see what comes out. Probably tomorrow we should get an update from Lafleur at least a little bit. Uh, 
some sort of indication on if it's anything serious but yeah hopefully he'll be able to be be back out there because i know he kind of got dogged a little bit for some of his play in the last last couple of weeks but uh certainly is a much more much more solid player there's a there's a pretty big gap i think between him and jake hansen um yeah i think that's a pretty safe <laughs> safe understatement yeah um let's talk about the offensive line i got this from my buddy keegan abdu who I'm going to have on intercepted for uh, Giants week when they play in London and stuff like that. He's a big old Giants fan, works for Next Gen Stats. He said 3.6 yards per play in pony package is what the Packers had today. Um, Pony package is, you know, when they have A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones on the field. They've had 28 plays of that this season for 109 yards. That's a 3.9 yards per play average. This was my worry. This was my worry the whole time. So they they talked about in the offseason. They said, you know, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are are great running backs. We want to get them on the field together. That's totally fine, right? Here's the problem. It's really hard to get two running backs on the field together. There were only like three teams that did it last year. Hey, man, Seattle got four running backs on the field last week together at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To throw an interception. Um, I mean, the Packers, really what they do is they'll line up. There's two things that they do. They line up Aaron Jones outside, right? And they jet motion him when they're under center. And then you have to either figure out Aaron Jones is getting the jet motion or A.J. Dillon's getting the carry up the middle. Or they're in the gun and they either get into or out of split back gun with both of them in the backfield and they run some sort of RPO. That's it. That's yeah. all they do. There's no there's no wrinkles. I think we even talked about it um, during one of the spaces. Maybe it was last week. But, yeah, there's no wrinkles. There's no creativity at least yet, and maybe they're building up to it, but you would have thought that this would have been the game to break it out against this team, against the, the Tampa defense, um, and in a game where you're missing a couple of your receivers as well. Yeah. There was also, beyond just kind of the run game in the backfield, there was they had an eight dot, so average depth of target, of about <laughs> two yards today Gosh. before the uh, Alan Lazard bombed down the sideline. <sighs> I mean, the Packers really weren't drop back passing very much. They had no. that one interception, right, where Rodgers wanted the DPI call and just threw the ball at the DPI, which is maybe don't do that. Maybe mm-hmm. don't. <laughs> and then they had, like, the free plays and stuff like that. But outside of that, I mean, it was a lot of, like, dink and dunk stuff and mm-hmm. a, lot of ch- a lot of chip help. Aaron Jones was out there in the wing and empty a whole lot, like, helping out these offensive tackles. You saw the tight ends do it a lot. Um, yeah. A little bit less with Tunyon. Tunyon was second in, in targets this week. You know, we talked about when David Bakhtiari isn't playing left tackle. Tunyon's used for chip help a lot with Josh Nyman. Um, we'll see what that's like moving forward. Because if we can get, you know, 2020 Tunyon back, that mm-hmm. would be great in terms of, you know, the passing game. Yeah, Rogers clearly trusts him a lot more than a lot of these young receivers at this point. And I know, I know Dobbs had eight targets today, but there were a couple of plays too where – um, you know, he, he didn't seem like he was going through his progressions and he just locked in on, on Bob is putting there. I think there was a couple of those third downs in the second half that, um, you know, that ended up going for, for shorter yardage or, or he seemed to be locked in on, on Tony a little bit. So I don't know if, again, the chemistry part plays into it a little bit, but, um, I mean, Bob still looks good. You know, we talked mm-hmm. about it after that first game and he had that, that real nice catch and run and, um, he looks quick. He looks uh, he looks fast. So um, I think Rogers just needs to be, you know, be smart and, and continue working through his progressions. Uh, you, you've, you know, you've got, you've got takes on that too. And 
<laughs> I'm interested to see what uh, to hear what what you have specifically on that piece of it with Rogers. He's just not running his projections I mean, at all. Uh, like it, it's very. I mean, we've seen this this entire season, right? And yeah. we saw it in the San Francisco game. We saw it in Detroit at the end of the year. I, I don't know what's up with him, but he seems like he's doing the thing where he's like, oh, I wanted to get that guy touches. I wanted to get that guy going, and it's like, yeah, we're not good enough to be able to do that like you just have to run the offense right now and it's weird seeing him break in and out of that because there are times where like he's fully in control of the situation we saw it a couple times against tampa where he's going hurry up on third downs so that they can't sub in guys right he's Mm -hmm. going hurry up trying to catch them uh you know changing personnel when they're not changing personnel he's up there when um i'm thinking of the tanyan uh the tanyan um play where he got the first down where he was like diving at the first down yard line where Rogers Rogers is like bluffing the snap count and they're showing like a full out blitz but he's seeing the left outside linebacker like take a couple steps back changes the entire protection Tampa sends like the craziest blitz I've ever seen they pick it up perfectly fine and he could just deliver a ball to Tunyon and it's like how come you can do that sometimes and then sometimes it's just like you're just not looking at the guy who like the play is designed. Like he, he's it's <laughs> yeah. old West Coast offense staples. It's not like we, we know what these plays look like on paper. We know how these plays are supposed to be read. Like mm-hmm. why aren't why aren't your eyes there? Just doesn't make sense to me. No. No, no idea. <laughs> I would say his protection was pretty good today. That yeah. was the best I've seen of this offensive line so far. Um you know, not surprising that, you know, Bach and Jenkins being out there, being able to kick Newman in, you know, Hanson only being on the field for a limited amount of snaps, like all that stuff um, definitely helped. Uh, and against a, a really good front, too. I think that's front. that's that's another telling piece that that having these guys back and Jenkins does seems like he's he's getting there. Um, he definitely doesn't look like he's 100 percent, but. No. He's at least starting to come along at least a little bit from last week. I think there was at least some incremental improvement uh, to my eyes from, you know, from the bears game to today. To me, Bach looks healthier than Elton does. Mm-hmm. He looks more comfortable at least just yeah. and, and consistent. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So, and, and again, what's the, the, the rotation thing. What are we, what are we doing? <laughs> I don't know. So Yeah. <laughs> Have we talked about that yet? So Bakhtiari came in. Um, he he apparently did not like the idea of them rotating left tackles, but Lafleur was like, you know, with the heat, all that stuff. And it was, I think they said that the on-field um, heat was like 100 degrees or something like that. And yeah. the Tampa locker room doesn't have AC. Like, or uh, oh my God. Vis- visiting locker room doesn't have AC or anything like that. So the Packers were playing in absolute hell from like a temperature standpoint. LaFleur was saying that basically he didn't want to put Bakhtiari out there when he's like not necessarily in NFL condition yet. Like he's not in season condition. He's not been doing all the yeah. preseason stuff that everyone else has. So they rotated him and Nyman um, every other, every other series. And I guess it kind of worked out. It's gotta be funky though. I mean, it's gotta mm-hmm. be weird. Uh, yeah. The there's no continuity there. Then I've also uh, never seen anyone else do that. No ever <laughs> it's it's completely bizarre but yeah no it, when 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 he was out there he looked he looked like normal Bach and that was the case last year in week 18 too um there was there's no question about his level of play um we just gotta hope and you know 
cross our fingers that whatever you know fluid buildup and stuff isn't you know isn't coming back and being an issue after today and then uh you know that that he feels good mentally and and everything and you know maybe next week and back home against the patriots we can get him back on there for a full a full game i'm hoping so because we should find out this week right like if yeah he he does like something weird pops up and he's not practicing all week i was gonna say like he's Lafleur already said that he's not going to practice three days in a row at any point. Yeah. So don't freak out if he's, you know, getting a veteran day on Thursday or something. But yeah, if if there's multiple days this week that he's off the field, then I'm going to be a little, a little concerned. So we do NFL reacts right on the website at APC. Um, it's basically if you haven't participated in it yet, it's you know there's national questions, right? So it's like who are you picking in these games, and then there's like the team level questions, which are like. Uh, how confident are you in the in in the direction the team is moving? One of the questions we put in there was, "When will David Bakhtiari return?" These were the <laughs> results. There were four four options: uh, this week, by midseason, end of year, or never. Never won that. Forty three percent this week by midseason was, was forty two. Yeah, this week was only eight percent. So eight percent of you <laughs> were right, and then seven percent. The last of all of them were end of the year. So yeah, we were full-blown doomers about David Bakhtiari. He returned. Doesn't it count if he returned this week? He didn't play a full game. I think no, but he he played. I think it counts. I think that's that's legit. So yeah, and and you know some of those results came in what Wednesday before practice. So yeah, um, I, I get some of that. And but but I mean, if you had asked me Wednesday, I probably wouldn't wouldn't have said this week either. Yeah. Um. So it's it's just it's such a weird uh weird scenario and everything with with ever since the. Um, you know, since this time last year, when when we were, you know, talking about hopefully getting him back some at some point during the season last year, the the whole process has been bizarre. And so, why shouldn't it stay weird at this point? Yeah, that's why I was just like, <laughs> show me the baby, right? So they always say, show me the baby. I don't want to hear about it. Show me the baby because it's like I've just heard too much. I mean, summer last year, we thought maybe Bakhtiari mm-hmm. week one that there was a chance. Maybe not yeah. a good chance, but a chance, and it's didn't even come close. Didn't yep. could couldn't be further away from that. Um, last point on the offense: two point seven yards per carry, not good. I think the film is going to be bad for some of these guys. Um, obviously, when you're moving around those offensive linemen so much, it's going to be tricky on some of those pin and pull plays. Even though it is kind of like a easy run scheme to learn, like. There are just times where it's like, yeah, Carl Nassib is not only taking out the tight end blocking on the play side, but also Royce Newman. So the safety comes in totally free, unscratched, and it's a TFL. But there were times where you saw some of those windshield wiper down blocks, right? Like we talked about coming into this week where they were able to spring these plays against blitzes. So I don't know. I, I haven't lost total faith in the ground game, but this certainly wasn't a good game for them. Right. Defensively, the only time I felt like the defense, because when they were getting driven on, they were getting turnovers. The only time I felt like the defense was playing really poorly was that last drive. And I don't even think I could blame them because it's you're playing the clock. You're playing Tom Brady. You blitz him and he's just going to gut you. He's done this a million times before. You just like try to play the clock at that point and like, okay, I dare you to throw it to Cole Beasley and Brashad Perriman who fumbled and all these other guys um and move the ball down the field and that's what they did they made them do it with a thousand cuts 
Yeah, and I, I it was frustrating to see just how soft the zone was. Um, I, I I certainly understand, you know, rush four, try to get pressure with with your front four, who'd done a pretty good job to that point, right, against a, a bad, injured uh, offensive line. But just the the playing almost 10 yards off um yeah for for everybody across the across the whole the whole secondary that one was was what was getting frustrating and then there were a couple of a couple of miscommunications and things too like the one passed to fournette in the flat um oh it was just a complete yeah it just was a complete coverage bust so that's that's a little disconcerting too um so I, i i don't know it was it was frustrating to see that but to your point i mean yeah, you've kind of got to go to a little, um, a little bit softer coverage, but it just felt like it was, it was too soft. To yeah. My eyes. The the tricky thing is, I think they played tight coverage coverage like twice on that drive, mm-hmm. and both times they got pick plays from Tampa, and Tampa was like, "Yeah, we're just gonna run pick plays every time you do this." Yeah. Okay, we're gonna back off. They done. They finally run a blitz, right? Even if it was by accident with uh, the Quay Walker thing. Quay, that that play was weird because Tampa, what was it? Tampa went hurry up, and then like just Quay had no idea what to do, and was like, "All right, if I don't know what to do, I'm just gonna be fast." It's like <laughs> not the worst idea if you have a big old question mark, but could have been you know a little bit more helpful there. Um, the edge rotations were weird. I assume that's because of weather. They weren't asked about that. Yeah, you know, um, it's got to be. It has to be right. I mean, they're just playing in crazy heat. They're playing against this Tampa team that you know is going to be able to hold the ball. Um, so they weren't necessarily getting Gary and Preston out there at the same time, other than like, uh, I guess you would say like priority snaps, right? Like Mm -hmm. third downs basically. And in the red zone, I mean, you would see them, you know, Tampa has the ball at the 30 yard line going into their end zone. Right. And it would be like Enigbare and, uh, uh, Jonathan Garvin out there because they're trying to give you know, their guys, their starters, breathers before they have to play goal line defense. And it kind of worked out. I mean, they only scored 12 points at the end of the day. So it's hard to blame. I mean, 12 points against Tom Brady could be worse. I know they don't have any of those receivers. They have a back (laughs) third string left tackle, but still Tom Brady being the trigger, man. Yeah. Well, and again, on the the pass rush front too, uh, Kenny ate pretty well today. He had a I thought Kenny had a good day. Um, go to key. I think the left, the left guard, the real rough, he's, he's rough the worst go. one out of all of them, I think. <laughs> and he's yeah. like a preferred starter for them, the rookie. So I think the Packers were in on go I think yeah. I remember that. I think they brought they him in. For a, Mich- a yeah, visit. They visited yeah. Michigan a couple of times or central Michigan a couple of yeah, times. And cause he was the other tackle uh, with yeah. Ryman, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ryman was the kind of overaged left tackle who got like, Eric Fisher comps just because they went to central Michigan and then Godecki was like the other guy that people were actually like looking into um, special teams. Mari Rogers still up and down. He got a good return. It ended up getting called back on a, honestly, like a pretty oh. soft penalty, a really soft penalty. If you even want to call it that. And then he fair caught a ball when no one was within like 20 yards. of him. <laughs> Somebody okay. said, I can't remember if it was Archon in the in the Slack said that he's basically just a random number generator. That was me. I was, or that yeah. was you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, none, none of this makes sense. Like it's just totally random. Because he'll I, take I, so he'll fair catch that, but then he'll like take one on the chin for no gain. And it's like, yep. what the heck is going on? 
like I alluded to before, like if you if you've seen Inside Out, the scene uh, at the very end where the cat is, you know, they're zooming into the cat's brain and the cats are walking all over the keyboard and it, the cat freaks out. Like I feel like that's what's going on with him when he's back there and the ball is in the air. Just has no idea what to do, and uh, you never know what's going to happen. If we get some of these receivers back, why isn't Dobbs playing that role? Yes, thank you. I mean, they they already like him, you know, in some of the screen game stuff that they've run in the first couple of weeks, um, just kind of navigating through traffic and stuff, getting the ball in space. So that's more or less unless he just for some reason can't catch a punt, which doesn't seem to be the case. He's been returning punts since, you know, all, all throughout college and, you know, pro- presumably back into high school and stuff, too. So I don't think that's the issue. I completely agree at this point, you know, burn uh burn amari's game day spot i understand if you need to keep him on the 53 because of finances and whatever but burn is his spot on the game day roster for somebody that you might actually use in another role and let dobbs return punts and i don't know put put toure out there as a as a gunner or something i don't know but yeah he he's he finally got his first what snap or two on offense uh outside of kneel down situations um but i'll be curious to see monday morning when um, you know how many snaps he actually got because you didn't you certainly didn't notice him at all and Winfrey got a handful of snaps and a handful of targets ahead of Rodgers again so yeah. we just keep coming back to this well what what do you do here why are you here <laughs> why are you active on game day and Winfrey only has one more call up so you get three call-ups yeah. this year from the practice squad he's been called up in week one and week three um, Patrick Taylor was called up last week and then got promoted to the 53 so who knows like might be an injury away from the team being like, do we need to call up Winfrey and move away from one of these wide receivers? And then becomes a question of like, do we want two and a half years of Amari Rogers moving forward? Or do we want the entirety of Samari to raise contract? And yeah, I don't know what the answer to that question is, but if you need to play Dobbs as a return, man, I think he can do it, especially Absolutely. when Kylan Hill comes back, he can play kicker turner. So mm-hmm. split the duties and, and move on from that point. I think, yeah. um, Elsewhere in special teams, Pat O'Donnell had seven punts, five inside the 20. Again, one got pinned down to the uh, one-yard line with the Keyshawn Nixon down. That was that was really beautiful. Good. Yeah, He's been doing really good. I, I yeah. know the fear is just like it's going to get cold in the Midwest <laughs> at some point, and that's when Packers kickers just like turn into stone. But he's doing pretty good, and he has experience. Like he kicked in Chicago. Yeah. I'm yeah, the, I, 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 it was it was great. And not only I mean, he, he also still had a, a really solid average, too. I mean, he was over 48 yards, um, you know, on, on the day long of 63. I mean, that's a you can't ask for for much more out of him than that, because he was called on quite a bit today, putting seven times. Speaking of uh, special teams penalties, I thought that that was the worst. This was probably the worst called game, I think, yep. of all of them. Um just like weird special teams penalties. And then the Packers pass rushers were just getting mugged all day. Like I know, I know Tom Brady gets the ball out fast, but I mean, guys were getting held too. Guys are getting held. I mean, the one holding call that I remember was the one where um, the left tackle had Rashawn Gary in a full blown headlock. Oh yeah. The and there were the chokehold. Yeah. And there, there was at least a couple more, including I, I think, it might've been the touchdown at the very end of the game that it was basically the exact same thing that he had his arm right around Gary's neck. Um, there were, there were just, they were giving out arm bars to everybody on that, on that offensive line. I do remember that last drive. Cause I was thinking 
there was a holding call. I can't remember if it was that one, but I was like, I know that because I think it was like a first and 10 or first and goal. I can't remember which one it was. And I'm like, I know throwing that penalty like really kills the drive at that point. And it like puts the play in the ref's hands, but like he's holding. Yeah. Like that that also puts the play in the ref's hands. Like if it's like, hey, he can hold now because it's the end of the game. Like that's a tough situation to be in. Uh-huh. Know? Yeah. There's the uh, BS roughing in, or running into the kicker uh, penalty on Tipa on uh, when the Packers were on punt return. He basically got blocked into the punter. I mean, not basically. He got blocked into the he punter. He did, yeah. <laughs> like thrown into him, and the, and that was a five-yard penalty. It's like oh. Well, and that ended up being like a, almost 40 yards of field position change, too. It was too, thir- 33 yards of field position change is what it was. Because yeah, that could- was the long Amari run. Right, exactly. And so yeah, you take that five yard penalty and then you know on the on the ensuing punt, Rudy Ford gets called for a ticky tack block in the back too and pushes him back. So um yeah, that was that was a brutal little sequence. This was as stinker of a game as you can get <laughs> without probably probably major injuries. I'm knocking on wood. Yeah. Right now about uh Jair Alexander. Um that the Packers could win. Not yeah. fun. We'll get mm-hmm. we'll get into vibe checks after the break vacations can be tricky you already know how to book flights and hotels but now the only thing you're missing is you know the actual travel experience because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home you need a tool to get the most out of your time away that's where viator steps in you can book guided tours activities excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And we're back. All right. Offensively, I don't like it. No. I don't like the pony stuff. I really don't. They don't do enough with them. If they're going to do it, they need to start mixing in like Aaron Jones, you have to play wide receiver. Mm -hmm. That's the only way to make it work. I mean, the, the whole, the whole operation after the fumble, again, it's, it's like that San Francisco game after the fumble, the Packers got three first downs the rest of the game. Uh, Two of them on the, the last drive before basically the last drive of the game, the, you know, the, the long Lazard play. And then there was one other first down in there, but yeah, they got three first downs after the fumble. <laughs> that's completely unacceptable. We can't, uh, we can't have that, man. That's, that's not going to do it. I think I might look into it this week and just like track what kind of pony that they're using. It's funny to say that what kind of pony <laughs> um, that they're using this year, because my guess is most of it is 20 personnel, which is two bag zero tight end. Mm-hmm. And they really need to be a 21 team. I mean, if they're going to do it, like you can't come out and just be like, we're running split back gun and we're motioning a guy to run a bubble and we either throw it to him or we don't. And we have yeah. one play action shot out of, off of it. Like there's not enough there. 
to run that offense. You have to yeah. be able to do things like get into 21, have a tight end out there. It's AJ Dillon in the backfield and Aaron Jones is a wide receiver and you have to throw it to him. Right. Yep. Or Aaron Jones is in the backfield. There's a tight end out there. And now it's like, Oh, AJ Dillon's playing the wing. And now we have to line up to this formation and like, we're not ready for it because we're in nickel. And now you have two tight ends on the field. It has to be tricky dicky stuff like that. And the yeah. same way that they use like Lazard as like a borderline tight end sometimes. And that creates like personnel mismatches. They have to do that with these guys. The, the team that I, I wonder about that can you model it after a little bit is Cleveland. Like with with Chubb and Hunt, they use they do all sorts of crazy stuff with them. Um, Hunt scored a touchdown from from lined up at a, a an offset fullback position the other day. Um, why are we doing I, a little? I was bit watching of stuff? a Thursday night football. They ran like a triple reverse screen yeah. to to Kareem as a wide receiver, and it's like <laughs> that's again. I'm not against the pony stuff. It's just like you got to yep. show more than just like the orbit motion stuff. Yep, you got get creative with it. I'm with you, hundred percent. I don't think Elton's 100% right now. I don't think it's going to hurt him anytime soon. New England doesn't have a pass rusher. The Giants really don't have a pass rusher as it stands right now. I know um, Thibault was just hurt recently. I'm, they're not clicking, though. So I'm, like, leaning, like, a six. I feel worse about the offense today than I did coming into the game, which is Agreed. crazy because they just beat probably the best team in the <laughs> NFC. Yeah. It's 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 the just the whole again the whole operation five or six straight drives with like one first down combined, yeah. um, one little bit of adversity and and everything kind of falls apart and I don't know I mean I'm sure some of that first drive success was scripted you know scripted stuff Lafleur does a good job there, and and the second drive too they were they were cooking, um I just I I I don't know exactly what it is that changed that um if it's just a a a, mor- a morale thing or, or what the hell it was but it's it's really frustrating to see this unit kind of go into a shell after you know one mistake or one bad play yeah defensively feeling pretty good i i don't think their tackling was great today right. i don't think Agreed. it was on par with what they have done in the past like even last year but it was definitely better than the first two games of the season, which is nice to see. Um, I don't think there's really any killers in terms of personnel, but the defensive linemen outside of Kenny Clark haven't really made a play. Like the edges have made plays, but like the other, the defensive ends, like Lowry, um, Wyatt, Slayton's out there a whole ton. Um, Reed hopped on a fumble. I guess that counts as a play made, <laughs> but I mean, there's not very many of them. No. Yeah. I think Lowry maybe made like one tackle for no gain in the run game today, but that was the only time I remember hearing his name at all. Yeah. yeah, It's, it's, we we thought that this was going to be the year where Kenny finally had some help and it wasn't just going to be a one man show up front. And so far we haven't gotten that at all. I told you, I worried that all camp because (laughs) they didn't have all those bodies there on the offensive line. And they're like, Jaron Reed is doing great. And it's like, I don't know. Was he just going against Jake Hansen? (laughs) <laughs> like it could have just been he's going against Jake Hansen and like yeah. you have the two-way bad eval instead of like oh yeah we like both of them so mm-hmm. I don't know what happens there um it's weird because the the lack of plays by the defensive line outside of Kenny puts them in a situation where they actually have to play more defensive linemen because mm-hmm. that's where they go from they're like 
you know, the linemen are just going straight to the linebacker level and they're like, oh crap, we have to hop in a penny and take Quay Walker off the field. And it's like, yeah, dang, that sucks. That sucks. Quay's yeah. a good player and the, the defensive ends aren't, but you have to like stuff the run in some sort of way. So you, they just jam up bodies in there. It's like, it sucks. This isn't fun. Uh, yeah. I'm hoping they can add, I mean, they don't have a lot of money. They have, uh, concluded operation cut everyone off of injured reserve with an injury <laughs> settlement they've succeeded in that i think they've saved something around like four million dollars doing that so they yeah. should have like 10 million dollars in cap space as of now they probably want to roll some of that over into next year because next year is not necessarily going to be peachy either in terms of the cap space unless they completely rework uh rogers deal or push block tre's deal forward or something like that Right. Jones is going to be a question mark too, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but they have a little bit of money to play around with. I'm hoping that, you know, if some of these guys who play for, you know, the Texans or something like that, that aren't very good and haven't won a game yet. Raiders, by the way, haven't won a game yet. That's another team. <laughs> if some of these, get, you know, vets on those teams are like, Hey, actually we want to release. We want to go chase the title ring. We'll take that minimum, whatever, get the veteran exemption uh, deal yep. or whatever that is um the the, win, the whitney the merciless yeah the whitney merciless approach from last year yeah i'm hoping that comes yep. on the d-line this year because yeah i really do think that that's kind of where they need it and they okay. haven't promoted either of the guys who kind of were making plays on the uh preseason team so they haven't they haven't promoted the other slayton chris slayton or jack heflin for mm-hmm. games so yeah we'll have to see um i mean again kenny Kenny had a nice game, two sacks today. I think one of them was a little bit of a, cl- a cleanup sack, but still, um, he was he was regularly in the backfield. And the only reason he didn't have more was because Brady gets the ball out quick, so um, quick, and it's so frustrating. If, yeah, if if not for that, I mean, Kenny might have had four, and and Gary might have had, you know, two or three as well. And Brady was playing pretty good in this game. I know he didn't he just, have he, receivers, but like, I, I was just gonna say he just didn't have a whole lot to work yeah. with. I mean, Russell Gage ball. got Russell Gage got like 13 targets or something in this game. Yeah, crazy. I was, I was fumble, joking because right? he did. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah, I was joking about Gage and because this morning I was trying to decide between starting Lazard versus Gage in uh, in fantasy, and it ended up working out okay. But yeah, defense. Thanks. I'm at like I'm at a seven out of ten. Yep. Seven. I just like there's just little things that worry me. Mm-hmm. It hasn't all been put together yet. It hasn't all clicked so far. Yep. We haven't had yeah. one crazy game where you're like, this is what the defense is supposed to look like. I will say, I think this was maybe the best. Well, not not maybe. I think it was definitely the best game from the safeties so far this season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Amos, Amos was alive. Yeah, he had a couple of real nice plays. Um, at least one tackle for loss, and um, it looked pretty pretty solid in run support um, was, was getting into the, the sidelines a little bit. And then Savage had a couple of nice plays in coverage too. Even if Devondre is not there to tip the two point conversion, Savage is all over gauge in that back corner of the end zone. I don't think there's a real good chance that that ball is getting completed anyway. So um, yeah, good, good game bounce back game from, from those two guys today. Also, what a weird call. I know, I know it's at the goal, yeah. line, but Tom Brady on the run cut in half the field that's the play that you want with you know the decision to go to ot or not yeah kind of, kind of a weird call for me yep I'm, i mean i'm i'm fine with it 
Yeah. No, I'm <laughs> happy with the result. 14-12. Yep. I'll yep. take the win. Exactly. Special teams. I'm – I believe. I, I'm, I believe. I'm a, dude, I'm, I'm at an eight, and the only reason I'm and not at a Amari. nine is because of Amari's brain cramps. <laughs> yeah. yep. Yes, 100%. Like, the gunners, the vices are playing crazy. We're seeing protection get picked up. San Rudy Francisco Ford to blitz the hell out of everyone, you know, on yeah. both sides. Like, yeah, Rudy, Rudy Ford showed up today and had a uh, had a nice stick and a punt return too. Like, yeah, these guys on the on the outside are uh, in in punt coverage, especially, um, are looking good. And and it's been a long time since we've been able to say that. Since we got to figure out what? a name for them, the the Nixon well, and Ford combo. The I I'm we got to come up with something involving pardons. That see, so, yeah, we're on to something. Yeah, we're on to we were we were we were making a lot of uh, of Richard Nixon jokes on Twitter today. So, um, yeah, there's there's it's just too good to to not have something with with Ford and Nixon together. We'll we'll, we'll workshop it. If you if if anybody listening out there has any ideas for for those two, uh, hit us up on Twitter. Yeah, Versace is good. I'm yep. Kind like of worried said, he's going to be a head coach in a year. Yeah, I I I could see it for some reason like. Some of these special teams guys just never seem to get get those gigs though, right? Like how long was yeah. Dave Taub in like Chicago and Kansas City? And every year it was like, oh, Dave's gonna Dave Taub is gonna get a head coaching job. And it just never yeah. happened. Like I'm trying to think of the last one that I remember who who made oh. that jump, and it was Harbaugh, right? No, like no, or oh no, no, no. That's right. It's judge. It's, it's judge. judge. That's, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but okay. he he was only doing it for like a year. He was like a wide receivers yeah. coach, really, but yeah. <laughs> It's so weird because special teams is really, I mean, think of like a head coach's job. I I know it's really sexy to have a offensive play caller doing it from the sideline right now and all that stuff. But like, I don't know, like who knows more about the roster and the roster construction that, than a special teams coach who knows that more was, about player development than a special teams coach. Like that was like, exactly what I was going to say. He's, he's the only other coach outside of the head coach who, who has to deal with every player on the roster to, or at least every position group on the roster to some extent. So yeah. it, it would make sense. And, and yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised, but like I said at the top, um, this game felt to me a lot like the playoff game against San Francisco last year in terms of the flow with the exception being that the special teams didn't shoot themselves in the dick this time. So yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Oh, giant or not giants patriots week coming up yep. patriots are one and two mac jones probably Ugh. has a high ankle sprain and probably won't play based yep. off of the reporting that's coming out right now um x-rays came back negative but um they're they're brian, suspecting brian high hoyer ankle play. Yeah, brian hoyer, brian hoyer with the backup being bailey zap <laughs> The Kent State rookie, I think, right? Like, no, Western yeah. Kentucky. He was the guy. Oh, who that's right. From Houston Baptist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which just changed their name to Houston Christian. I think. I don't know why they want <laughs> don't want to be called Baptist, but. Nope. I'm mentally. I'm I'm at four and one. Yeah. I don't want to count my chickens too fast, but like, mm-hmm. Giants this... don't scare me. Patriots don't scare me. They can do something dumb. I, I assume oh, yeah. they're gonna. Mentally, to like record projection, at at best fourteen and three, right or no, yeah. thirteen and four. Bills, we already have a loss, two random dumb games. That's where I'm at. That's my expectation I, I, at this point. I ideal scenario, I could see 
14 and three, but no, I agree. I think, I think 13 and four is, is entirely likely plausible. Um, this, cause this was, this was one that we had circled as a loss this week. So you, you got, you got one back and, um, yeah. And now let's, let's, let's get into this, this four game stretch of Pats, Giants, Jets, Commanders, man, commies look terrible. Um, so bad that that I saw, I saw Carson Wentz had like, it was something like six completions, eight sacks in the first half. <laughs> Oh, just like something that looks made up like you gave a kid a controller on madden he has no idea how to play it first time stats oh my gosh terrible terrible that's 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 nuts but yeah no this this team could very easily be going into that buffalo game six and one and uh again this could be very much a a rehash of of 2021 the way the the way that things are shaping up right now this is a At nice least. little eval period for the yeah. packers where it's like hey the record doesn't really matter right now. There's three undefeated teams. It's Miami, Philadelphia, and then the Giants pending Monday night football. I don't think anyone thinks the Giants are actually a legitimate threat. I don't even think people think Miami's a legitimate threat. Yeah. Miami, Miami just upset the team that had Buffalo had the highest Super Bowl odds in week three of any team since the 2007 Patriots. And they wow. so anyone can get touched right now. Man. Anyone can get touched by any of these teams. Now it's just like, all right. Week one loss, get that thing out of the way. Eval period. Yep. Do what you do. Fix it against some of these bad teams. Mm-hmm. Like go into the Buffalo game with no less than or no more than two losses and try to win that ball game. Because I feel yep. like we're learning more about this team. Like they weren't any of the stuff that they're doing in this Tampa game, like all these RPOs, all this like weird front stuff that they're doing on third downs on for for pressure against Tom Brady. They weren't doing any of this against Minnesota in the opener. They didn't do this against Chicago. Like we're learning who this team is when they get good matchups. So like, just do what you do, do your base stuff for the next month. I'll see you when we play Buffalo. Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm here for it. Let's go. Let's get there. Let's get to six and one and then, and then deal with it. Excited. We'll have the snap counts notes on, you know, injury notes. Hopefully, you know, Jair and Josh Myers aren't too banged up. um, All that stuff up on Monday. Go Pack Go, guys. Go Pack Go. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit MethodProducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.